0: we're on welcome to the real quick with mike swick podcast special quarantine series episode number 13. today's guest is kung lee he is uh you know he he's a he's a guy that came over uh in 1975 from vietnam um you know he was bullied he learned martial arts and then he ended up making it to the top tier of the sport um, into the UFC and uh, strike force he was the, the strike force middleweight champion he's won multiple champions in kickboxing and sanshow uh, he's a guy that I trained with uh, many times and I didn't like any of them he he was very hard to train with and <laughs> we we would just fight and oh my god we had some crazy gym stories but he is brutal with those kicks those kicks felt like baseball bats um, but he also helped me win one of my biggest fights so it's going to be great to talk to him, and, and I think he has a lot of perspective over this pandemic, considering he's very big into anti-bullying, um, and there's a lot of Asian Americans being attacked right now, and he's always uh, posting that on his Instagram, and he's an advocate for people defending themselves and and, and, and how to protect yourselves against these, these hate crimes. So it's going to be a good perspective. So, so let's talk to Kung. Hi, right, Kung Lee. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, man, I've, I haven't had you on the show before. I've been really wanting to get you on.
1: Well, I'm happy I'm, I'm finally on, you know? Yeah, so. so cool.
0: It's been a long time, man. We haven't talked in... God, when was, or when's the last time we hung out? Jeez, that's probably been a while since I've been in Thailand.
1: Oh, I, I remember we said, what's up at Bellator? Because you were coaching. Yeah. Yep. And you were too busy uh, coaching, so we just shook hands and said, what's up? And then, then you're like, I got to go my fighters, you know, got to take care <laughs> of my fighters.
0: Yeah, that's crazy, man. So what have you been up to? How's everything going?
1: Well, you know, obviously right now it's just been, uh, you know, quarantine, just training mm-hmm. at home, uh, get my son, um, you know, wrestling a little bit, doing some privates with the coaches at smash gyms and, uh, you know, just, uh, just writing. I'm actually writing. I, I finished two scripts. I got a TV show and then, uh, you know, I'm just starting to produce and get all my investors together to you know, move forward when this uh, pandemic hopefully uh, slows down.
0: Yeah, how crazy is that, man? Like it's just came out of nowhere and then like just shut down everything. Like that's crazy that one thing can shut the world down so drastically like that and hit every demographic of, of people, every career, every, I mean, financially, emotionally, you know, health wise, like it's just been crazy.
1: Yeah, you know, um, it, I, I think, I think uh, you know, a lot of people are saying it's like a reset for everyone, right? But, you know, it's kind of crazy if you kind of line everything up, you know, in nineteen twenty, I mean, every, you know, 20 something happens. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, is it pre-planned or what's going on? And, you know, I think it's just a lot of people, they're just going with the flow. And, you know, um, I like to look into things a little bit. You know more and trying to study and see what's really going on and and uh, you know and and what I can do because I always got to look out for my kids right I got three yep. boys you know yeah 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 and, and speaking of that when you you were born in Vietnam correct yes I was born in Vietnam uh, in 1972 and in 1975 uh, five days before the fall of Saigon um, my grandfather was a, um, a former like, chief of police, so he was like a colonel's rank. So basically, um, the U.S. government says, hey, you have two hours, get back here, one suitcase each, or you have to stay, we're leaving, we're evacuating. So mm. he knew that if he stayed, because he's got an officer's rank, um, and he's you know, part of the intelligence and stuff like that, he'll be executed. So he got everyone, got a suitcase, and we flew... Luckily, there's a lot of people that had to leave by boat crossing into, you know, the, the jungle to get yeah. to Cambodia, you know, but we got flown out. But, you know, when we left out of a helicopter, we left under fire and then we flew to um, the Philippines and we stayed there at a refugee camp for um, two or three months. Um, and then after that, we went to Guam for like a month. And then we got a move. To um, our third refugee camp in Monterey, and then from Monterey, we got a sponsor. After a couple months there, we got a sponsor, and we lived in someone's house for, you know, uh, almost a year. Some, you know, and then uh, my grandfather got a house in San Jose, and we were that typical family that, you know, the grand, uh, my grandparents had their own room, my great grandmother had her room. The sisters and brothers, and my mom. You know, of course, my I was in the room with my mom and her other three sisters. So there's like five of us in the room. So we were sardined in there, and so that was, you know, that was a the typical uh, refugee, you know, uh, coming to America story
0: yeah and considering all the especially recently all the hate crimes going against Asian Americans and just Asians in general because of this coronavirus, I can imagine back then it must have been really tough coming over here, especially with with the war and everything and 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 everyone just getting stereotyped. Was it really hard for you when you were when you first got to the San Francisco area like to try to make friends and and get along and I know that's a big reason well, why you got in martial arts. But I'm just trying to get the more backstory of like what it was really like for you and what your thoughts were.
1: Basically, when I got here, one, I didn't know the English language, so that was hard. But then over the years, I started, you know, my mom kind of educate me and say, hey, you know, there's a lot of families, you know, their dads, their uncles, they went, you know, they're missing in action or, uh, you know, died in, you know, combat. And so they, they, their families didn't teach them right. So they all they will have a hate right. against us because, you know, they think it's our fault. Right. So, um, you know, um, I grew up uh, in a lot of racism. Uh, of course, nip, gook, chink was a regular thing. And, and uh, you know, I think after a while, uh, my mom says, why don't you fight back? Do something, right? Because I was coming home all beat up. I didn't know. I thought I was just because, you know, their families, you know, were angry. I didn't want to Hey, you know, I just let them beat me up. And then mm-hmm. after that, as soon as my mom says, "Fight back." I was the first one to throw punches and get in trouble and then uh, then my mom finally says, "You're still getting beat up when you're fighting." So I'm t- I'm at, you know, by that time I was 10 years old. You're going to join martial arts, but then it was never consistent, you know. So I I what really the big step was in seventh grade, I found wrestling, and that yeah. was kind of the, the thing that really helped me um, have like a like a outlet, and be, I, I I belonged to something. I belonged to a team. Then I started doing good, and then people accepted me. So it was uh, I was blessed by that, and um, you know, and of course, um, my family is very religious in the Catholic faith, and then you know I I everything you know all glory goes to God, praise. You know, God, and I think it uh, definitely helped to get me where I'm at today, you know?
0: Yeah, I can imagine, like, even with as current as we are and, and the misconceptions of war and, like, more recent wars and battles that we've had in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, I can imagine coming from Vietnam. It's like back then, I'm sure everyone just thought everyone from Vietnam was an enemy. To the American, yeah. And they didn't understand that there's the real, you know, with the difference and who we were fighting and why and all this kind of stuff. So I, I bet that was tough, man.
1: Well, it's, it's kind of similar now. I mean, now there's social media, so you see it and it's happening and it unfolds and people post it. So in a way now it's happening more and we can stand up for it back then. You really, you know, is your word against you know their award, but now it's happening not just the Vietnamese, but everyone. Now you know America have so many different nationalities, and uh, you know a big majority is Asians in certain communities. And man, it's just it's been crazy. Like even me driving, and someone sees me, and they're you know, and they you know obviously they don't know who I am. They're like, "Go back to China," you know. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever I'm them, you know. So
0: that's crazy, man. And like. It- you You studied it, or you probably've done more research obviously with your fight or flight and stuff and and I know you post a lot of stuff about this um but to me, I just can't understand like how well first of all, that we're in twenty twenty and we're still dealing with racism and like you know i think I think I read that in uh in the overall percentage of hate crimes, it's like sixty percent ethnicity based over sexual orientation over religious beliefs it's it's like the majority still is ethnicity which is like just hating someone for their color and this was before i think this was probably outdated to like 2018 or something before the coronavirus so it still amazes me that in 2020 you know people still hate other people for their color and from where they came from even though we're all one species like you would think that you know that we all came you know a lot farther than we have and 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 then now to see this coronavirus and people coming out and then the other part of that that, that shocks me is that it's like 2020 and technology so big cameras are everywhere you just posted something on your instagram and the guy attacking the 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 asian american was like on camera because the guy was filming him and it's like you know the chances of you getting caught on camera on CCTV or iPhone or something is so likely it's crazy. That these people are still taking that chance to go out there and commit a hate crime, which has got a pretty stiff penalty to it. And it's like, they're still doing it. And they're still just, 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 it's, it's so much hate, man. It's crazy to me.
1: You know, the crazy thing is it's now a lot of it's premeditated and they're using the pandemic as an, Like an outlet. Hey, you know, it's okay for us to do this. It's okay because really, you know, the the officers are spread so thin now with you know all kinds of stuff going on. They're getting away with a lot of stuff, and the guys that are getting caught, you know, uh, you know, like the 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 scary thing here is, look at how many criminals they let out, like rapists, convicted, you know, you know, sex offenders, and and while they're arresting. This is where, you know, um, I, you know, I, everyone have their own religion, but this is where it, it really upsets me is priests are getting arrested for running cert- like a mass while they're letting criminals out that have done like really bad things in society, wow. and I, I just don't understand that, and and uh, you know, so I, I'm trying to like. You know, at least give back a little bit of basics for the people who really don't know how to defend themselves. But you know, like like look at your gym, right? You have probably a good handful of awesome fighters. Then the rest, everyone comes in. I'm gonna work out. I need a release stress. Mm-hmm. But look at what you have done for all those people, because now you're, you're teaching them real skills. And mm-hmm. if something happens. Someone's natural skill is is if someone attacks them, they're going to flinch and they're going to put their hands up. But now you're teaching someone to punch, someone knee, and actually when their adrenaline kicks in, they become a little bit more of a person strength-wise and speed-wise than what they normally are because of adrenaline. And they if they hit, they knee, they have that a little bit of a a, a better percentage to not be that victim that ends up in the hospital or end up dead because they're able to defend themselves. And so what I did was, hey, here's a kitchen knife. Instead of punching with your fist, punch with the with the blade of your knife. I mean, there's all different things that I'm trying to educate people because I believe it, it'll take a while for someone to learn the real knife, the, the, the way of the knife and how to really will a knife and to be really good with it but if someone's doing cardio kickboxing just imagine someone throwing like rapid fire punches with a blade in their hand at you i think no matter what they become they have the advantage unless the other person has a gun or something you know and that's what i'm trying to let people know you better fight back because look at if they're not scared of getting caught on camera they're sure as not going to be scared if they're breaking into your house and you have security cameras. If they're doing a home invasion, they're there for a reason. So if you don't protect yeah. yourself, and you are your own first responder. So um, the, w- when you call the cops, they come second or third. Actually, you know, you or your family members are the first responder. They're the second or third to come. So if you don't know how to protect yourself, you're kind of, you know, you know, you're shit out of luck. I
0: remember, like, in back in the day, it was like teaching women's defense and stuff. A lot of people were were on the side of like not teaching women self-defense because uh, in a real world situation, if they try to defend themselves and they don't really know what they're doing, they're not a really good fighter, they might make the assailant or the, the attacker more angry and then they get hurt worse. Um, I think in this situation now today, like with what you're doing, um, the, these situations are ending in such like Uh, horrible fashion with like fatalities and like serious condition and stuff. It's almost to the point of like it, if if you fight back at least you have a chance and if nothing else maybe you make it unworth that person to attack you maybe they're going to go find someone weaker especially like you said if someone breaks out a blade and starts punching somebody with a blade if, if i was that guy i would be like okay i'm gonna, f- I'm gonna find somebody that doesn't have a knife yeah. and is swinging a knife at me you know like so maybe i can see now how things are changing where it's like getting to a point where you you should kind of fight back probably a little bit you know and like at least Put up something because it, it, the alternative is you may end up. These people hate you so much now. Like it, there's so much hate, they may just they beat you to death. You know, and then and then if you don't fight back and just cover up, you just never had a chance. You know, at least you at least you might have a chance to to get them off of you, or or, or stall it well, to where somebody can see it. You know.
1: Yeah, you know, this is what I feel. If you don't fight back, not only are you responsible for what happened to yourself, but yeah. you made it easy for that, you know, criminal to assault you and do whatever they want to you because you didn't fight back. And so now they got away with it and they're like, okay, I'm going to look for the same type of victim, the same type of people to to go after. So if you did something, you scratch their, their face because I'm teaching open palm, right? And when you open palm, you kind of get that little... Nail dig in there. Now you got all their DNA underneath your, your nail, and someone's walking around with a scratch on their face, you know, and the cops can tie that in together. They're going to walk around, man, I got scratched. You know, I got hit hard. I, I didn't expect the chick to hit so hard, but maybe it wasn't that hard, but it was a perfectly placed punch, or it got kneed in the groin, and the a, growing and a combo hurt them. And now they're thinking twice about doing it again. So you can either be the victim that cause another attack because it was so easy for them, or you're the victim that stopped them because you have enough evidence to catch that person, or you made them think, maybe I should take a little breather and think about what I just did, you know, so that's kind of how I weigh things out.
0: And so, with you uh, being an advocate for this and posting all this stuff, which is great, you know, you're exposing these people, especially that guy that I just saw on your Instagram. Um, what are you doing? Because I see you, I see you doing like videos on YouTube and stuff like that. What are you doing um, uh, to, to to get involved in this? And then, what is this fight or flight that, that you're working on?
1: Well, um, fight or flight. You know, basically, you know, anyone who knows the term fight or flight. It's like when you have to fight, you fight, and if, yep. if there's an opportunity, you you get the get the hell out of there. Yep. And uh, I, I I had two episodes already filmed. I had a friend who funded it, but then my other guest host, um, I'm not gonna say who he was because I don't want him to get any credit. But uh, you know, he, I think he turned a little shady. His head got a little bit too big because he was like the mentor of the show, and I was a student. Mm-hmm. So now we're rebooting it. We, I got another investor. And we're going just like, hey, you know, here's my expertise, but I'm going to bring in um, someone who has the knowledge of like what happens with like a criminal, what kind of criminals they are, like a, like someone who knows about, you know, how they think or like a, a detective or a or a special operation guy or, you know, someone with a special skill so we can educate the, like the, the audience and at the same time, let people know, hey, let's watch this clip. Look at this airport, sh- airport shooting. Look at how many people ran by him and could have did something, but they didn't do something. And now that created more people getting shot. And anyways, you ran past him and you got shot in the back anyway, so you died anyways. Right. You died in vain. You didn't do anything. So if you tried, at least you died trying instead of died doing nothing. You know, So that's kind of so- like... The mindset that we have to live in today because look what's happening i mean yeah. really it's it's crazy you know so
0: it's going to be a show and then i guess it's going to you're going to have some kind of training as well that people can do to, to so that they can watch the show and then maybe learn and or, or do some kind of training or seminars or something like that
1: yeah you know like uh, it'll be like okay here's the situation here's what happened and we like say based on like a home invasion, okay? Right. So we use a scenario, we bring in a victim, and that victim, we just use the case of her or him, and we kind of like educate people. The, this is what happened, this victim has a normal routine that they do every single day, so it's easy for, now there's three kind of predators I say out there. There's a the predator that preys on the weak. Then there's the, the predator that all of a sudden they get urged urge, they have to go out there and do something. Then there's the, the the ones that's like I'm gonna go after Mike Swick because mm. he's a trophy. I want him and I'm gonna do something and when he's least expecting it, because I don't wanna get my ass kicked, I'm gonna wait till he's not paying attention and I'm just gonna club him and take his wallet or something, right? Those yeah. are the victim the criminals or the predators that are like the most scariest, but they're very calculated. But then the middle ones. And
0: drunk they're usually. like <laughs>
1: An urge or they they're angry for some reason and they want to take it out on someone then there's a lower one They all they do is prey on the weak the weakest is prey. And so that's how I kind of categorize each predator and usually you know the ones that You know they're obviously they're pretty intelligent. They're gonna follow your path They're gonna know what you do every day and if they they come home before you they, they go into your house before you get home and they wait for you and you, they know what time you walk in that door because you're that consistent people. Because there's a lot of people like that. They do the same routine every single day. They have to get out and train, and because they have to be at work at a certain time, they have to come home and, and make sure that dinner's served or whatever they have to do. And that's that's a pattern. That's what yeah. they they look, you know. And so we teach them, okay, here, do something different, change up your routines, go evening, go nights, and here's something that if you're if you if you want to know that you're being followed time distance and change of direction the time that you're being followed the distance that you're being followed and if you change direction and they're still on your ass you're being yeah. followed right. so what you do from that's kind of like what the what the show you know uh, talks about and you know like whether if you're going to another country what things that you have to prepare for you know right. look at your situational aware, awareness you don't have to you just have to not only you have to worry about leaving your hotel. You have to leave worry about leaving your house, coming home, coming into work. Where you park your car, you know, if it's in a dim area, that's where you're far away because you don't want to get your car scratched because you want to park away from, from everything. That's going to yeah. be more more likely yeah. for the the predator to get you, you know. So park where there's a big light, there's cameras all over. So what if your car gets dinged up, you know?
0: Yeah, that's kind of like. You? yeah and yeah. I, I I agree with you on the predators and and like i was I, I said when you were talking, but uh like like you're right, even with like the guys that are fighters like like I remember back in the day like the even Chuck Liddell and uh, Tito Ortiz on their prime in clubs, guys would get drunk, and then they would try and like you know they try to like get that I... mark on their belt, you know, and I'm just like, what in the, why would you why would you start shit with Chuck and Tito and all these guys that were like, but you're right, man, there's predators of all types, man, and it's just it's sad today that like guys just are so hateful and like they don't just go and try to make their lives better. And, and they're just trying to make other lives worse, you know? So I don't know. It, it's just, it's a crappy thing, man. And, and hopefully, you know, we can do, you know, you can, you can make a difference and other people can make a difference and, and we can and start kind of battling back against this stuff. Um, what do you think, like what's your quarantine like, like right now, as far as what are your thoughts on the virus? Um, a lot of people that I've interviewed have said that they think they've had it before or or they know people that's had it like in January, February and they, they think they've gotten over it. So a lot of people are taking it lightly like that, saying basically like, you know, I think it's just a bad flu. Um, other people are still like quarantined up in their house wearing masks all the time. What, what are you doing? Like, are you still training? Are you staying in your house? Are
1: you wearing your mask? I'm trying to live my life as normal as possible, right? Yeah. And if I have to go to a store where they're requiring me to wear a mask. I will wear a mask. But right now, I think the rules is wherever you go in public and you're got your six foot, you know, social yep. distance. You no, know, I'm I'm following the rules, but I'm not like oh, you know, I'm not going to go because of this. So I'm I'm more of like I'm trying to live my life. I still take my kid because I have a key to the the smash gyms. I'll take my son in there. I'll have him train with some of his other buddies and we train because why stop living? I mean, no. You know it's 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 our it's it's our right to live and and you know i have a lot of friends that they drive by hospitals and they send me clips and they're like why is it empty how come it's not full (laughs) hang on there's a lot of articles out there that you know um the hospitals are getting more money if they put someone on a ventilator or now if you're talking about you know the conspiracy theory what about the vaccine what about the one one World currency, you know, so if yeah. you want to look at you know a lot um, of shit. There's a lot of shit going on and if you don't keep your eyes open It's like you might as well walk out in the street Don't pay attention to your situational awareness because not only do you have to have situational Situational awareness on the streets you have to live your life in Like you're being aware of everything that's going on. What the what is the government doing? What is this group doing? What 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 is? the pandemic all about is it all about fear because I mean I, I believe the Spanish flu killed what 60 million people what are we at yeah. in America 100 I mean yeah. okay hello how come sick at 60 million you know what really happened and what about now I mean and then eventually mother nature she's, she's the worst serial killer yeah. if she decides to change that you know and you know have that virus you know change then you're really you know did it really come from a lab or did it come from you know people saying people eat bats? you know well you know there's look at all the 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 the, the, the illness and sickness that are like considered as a plague where did it really come from so i mean people i feel like they're living in their bubble and they're mm. not aware of what's like for me biggest question what happens if they say you have to from now on you have to scan and everything is under yeah. one a one government? What happens then? Did, did did how many people did read the Bible? How many people read Revelations? You know, I mean, I mean, I also have a show called Spiritual Battles, right? My 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 girl, my love, right now who is uh, fighting Kentucky uh, corruption over there because her two boys. We're literally kidnapped kidnapped right. by the deputy sheriff there and cps and they're all crooked over there they're racketeering but the crazy thing is we have all this evidence like yeah. we we're literally living in our own movie and all of a sudden you know all of a sudden because her mom they're they're apache right her mom's a, a shaman and she she's had over 400 exorcisms and you know at first i was like okay i know there's like evil out there and you know i believe in, in god because my faith is really strong but i really You know, I'd never seen something, but recently I, one of my friends had some issues with his wife and then we went to help out and I, I say nothing more, but I know there's a God, there's also a devil and there's also demons. So, I mean, people can think I'm crazy or not, but whatever the case is, I don't care. You know, if I deny God, what happens when it's my time and I'm laying there and, you know, I, I would never deny God and with, when you when you have faith in God, you got to know again situational awareness. Why are these things happening? Why is there why is there a, a movie and a documentary called The Exorcism of Emily Rose? Why is there you know delivers from evil? The two detectives that were soldiers coming back from another country. What happened to them? And look at all the documentaries. How come there's ghost adventures? There's Paranormal State. There's all this stuff. What's really going on? You know that's what I'm yeah. that's what I'm trying to Expressed through this show, not where, hey, this is what happened. If this happens, this is what you do. Now check this out. Here's all these evidence. If if you start feeling these things happen, these are things that you need to do. How do you clear your house? So that's called spiritual battles worldwide. And you know whether people think I'm been hit in the head too many times, I don't care. I'm trying to educate and help the world, you know, because they're they're you know what I've seen is. Is uh, you know like us, we're like oh I man, we, we fight at the top level, at the biggest promotion. When we are standing in, in in the in the octagon and we see our opponent, we're walking back and forth, we're pacing like animals, we're like beasts, right? But you know I've never been like 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 whoa, that was like where it took my breath and all the signs of something that when we are going there, she said okay, these are the signs. Be careful. Open the door. If you smell burning, the house is not burning, you know, or if you smell rotten meat, just let me deal with it. You keep him out here. My job's in here and that's your job and don't do anything more. But it was crazy. So, yeah, yeah, so that's my life right now. Fighting Kentucky cops. But, you know, we're doing well. You know, I'm domestic violence and look at the um, native people. How they there's more of them being killed than there was in the Nazi tra- concentration camps, and now people are killing them on their resi- on their land, and they're putting them face down because they know how spiritual they are. So when you put them face down, their soul can't leave. Oh wow, that's how the world has become. Like I mean, like you're you're stressed on like what's happening and the, and the and the hate, but if you dig a little bit deeper, you'll see the hate is there's be there's something beyond that
0: hate it's it's crazy it's crazy man yeah i I agree with you too on 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 the law of balance and and fate of the world and and whatever's out there there's definitely higher power and it just it's crazy to me that this stuff goes on um but yeah so yeah it's crazy situation with the the pandemic and and the coronavirus and hopefully this thing ends fast and and we can get back to normal because it's definitely taken a huge financial hit health hit you know and then we don't even know the facts the who's changing their facts all the time and we're supposed to listen to them we got youtube controlling the the freaking videos and 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 it's it's yeah we can get in that all day long the conspiracies and stuff but (laughs) yeah so at least i know where you stand on that as far as the quarantine and stuff but so so i'm I'm trying to think back like when getting back into training and fighting so when when you were coming up um you you got bullied and then you got into martial arts um how was that in the beginning? Like, how was it getting into martial arts? And like, when did you start feeling confident and, and, and being able to take care of yourself? And then when did you, when did that switch turn on where you thought maybe, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be a martial artist and like try and compete in this and, and be one of the best in the world.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, when I started at 10, uh, and my mom had me go to this, uh, Vietnamese traditional Kung Fu school. And then, you know, they, they did Taekwondo too. Uh, I was so inconsistent because my mom was working three jobs, you know, raising me, picking me up at school and doing all this crazy stuff. So I didn't really feel like like I, I belonged or I was getting any better. But as soon as I found wrestling in seventh grade, and then I didn't start feeling really, really like improvement until I was like a freshman. And when I was a freshman... Um, I was competing for the varsity spot, but there was a senior there, and I was always losing them. But the matches were very close. And then finally, my sophomore year, I really came out and I did very well. I became high school All-American as a as a junior, and then and then uh, then I wrestled um, in junior uh, uh, college wrestling, and I was a uh, college uh, two-time All-American. I wrestled year-round, freestyle, Greco-Roman. I even did Sambo. Then, um, you know, I. I Dropped out of um, junior college because my 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 family my mom's business was doing really bad and so I helped out and in um, six months later I found myself back in doing martial arts and that's when I you know trained for six months and I found uh, the you know like this U.S. Open where you can punch you can wrestle you can you can you know throw and strike and I was like I'm gonna go do that and they said I know I, my first tournament there I broke my foot and hand but I won two weight divisions you know nice. so I came back like Mr. Gimp, but I found it, you know, and that's, that's, and right away I was like, I'm going to take my hand. I'll just work around it. And, and, uh, you know, I didn't have insurance back then, so I, I didn't go to the doctor. So I have a, like a lopsided knuckle here or, yeah. or a fist right. foot, you know, it's like now, now as we're a little bit older, when I step wrong, is really cold. I'm like, Oh, my, my, my foot, you know, so I got to warm it up real good before I train again. And, you know, got to keep up with my son. <laughs> so he's a little beast.
0: It's crazy, yeah. and and then uh, and then for those that don't know, we train together obviously a lot, and that that whole wrestling thing, your whole wrestling pedigree was something that I. I wasn't so familiar with how I've had to, ex- well, he didn't have to explain it to me, but he had to explain it to me after I realized that I can't take you down. Um, but I kn- I knew you were doing great at San Xiao and you got the takedowns. So I knew you, I knew you had those takedowns, even though they were more kind of like a mixture of like, I guess, wrestling and Muay Thai takedowns. They were like those weird, you know, you had a different style of takedown. So I was like, okay, he's got those and your, your striking was insane. And then when we started training together and I took a few of those kicks, I was like, oh man, that's all right. I'm just going to take them down. I'm gonna I'm gonna show him some MMA, and then your takedown defense was crazy. And I was like, "Hob, man, I can't take him down." And he's like, "Yeah, he's like a ch- he's like a wrestler. <laughs> he's he went to he went to college for wrestling." And I'm like, oh, shit, you know?" Like, and then you were like, "My God, I I hated sparring you, man. I really hated sparring you. Like, like I, I I went home lumped up so many times from our sparring sessions.
1: No, but you know, I actually tell a lot of um, I I tell this one story is like, I was like, "Oh man, I wish I got a chance to fight in Pride," but uh, you know, me and uh, Mike Swick were going at it, and I kicked yeah. his elbow, and I was like, "Oh, you know, oh my God, that 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 hurt really bad." You know, and I, you know, fought through it, and and uh, I think uh, I, I mentioned, you know, like uh, Mike Quick Swick, he's really quick, and it, but he only has one pace in in training. It's like yeah. go go yeah, go, yeah. go go go. <laughs> if if you're just trying to flow, you're gonna get beat up, you know, because I remember. <laughs> The first couple times we sparred, I was like, whoa, I saw like stars, and, and I was like, okay, I'm fighting for my life. I got to stay alive <laughs> in here, you know? So, <laughs> that was like, crazy, man. You, know, <laughs> you, I was like, I got, and and you guys were so like gracious with like everything. You're like, hey, come, when you get in this position, at least get inside controls. Don't stay in the guard. Don't stay in, in someone's guard. You had me in side control. Why, why, why are you jumping into my you know i didn't know I was like i don't know so you guys really helped my game evolve and then made me understand you know the 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 mma game so much better because you know obviously i trained there i i i i became really good and i got a chance to fight for a title against frank shamrock which yeah. i think all you guys it was uh you know awesome experience and i i i always give all you guys credit i said look i, I train an aka all those guys are beasts i mean i trained with the best so i mean i I wasn't scared of going up against Frank. I was just like, "Oh shit, that's Frank Shamrock," but hey, I'm here, so let's do this. You know, I trained with, all, you know, all the guys at AKA. They're 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 in the UFC now. They're they're the present. You know, so it definitely definitely helped. I mean, all you guys were like, you know, it was it was it was crazy times back in the day. I, I felt like every time I went to AKA, you know, like. I was like, oh shit! I gotta spar him. He's like a machine. He just comes at me. I gotta survive. So oh, I, just- I was
0: more scared than you, bro. <laughs> I, I had one speed. You were right about that, dude. That, that I, I went crazy when I sparred. Like I went all out. But I, I was definitely more scared of you than you were scared of me. That's for sure. I was like, <laughs> uh, and and I think that the, one of my five elbow surgeries was definitely attributed to your kick. I'm sure. But your kicks were so crazy, man. Like, they're so hard and they would come from all different angles. And so it's like a like, you probably know, but like, well, you probably don't know getting kicked from yourself, but it's like fighting somebody with a baseball bat. So it's like, it's cool. Like, if I can land some strikes, stay on the outside. I have to avoid your wrestling. I gotta avoid your. I can't take you down. I gotta avoid your kicks. And then every time you'd land those kicks, it was like just someone with full power just hitting me with a baseball bat. So if I checked it, it still hurt. If I blocked it, it still hurt. If if I took it, I might be down. You know, like I might be down for the count. But uh, I do appreciate. uh, You know, I was working my way up in the UFC um you know it was in uh, i fought david lawazo in september of 2006 and and he had just fought he had just beat he beat the the former champion evan tanner yeah he just fought for the championship against rich franklin uh, he went to a decision, so he was like the number one contender, and this was my big big contendership fight that I was going to get prepared to fight Anderson Silva with, whoever won this fight, and it was a huge fight for me, and I remember talking to Hov, and I was like, man, I want to, talk, I want to train with Kung, because there's nobody better, because uh, Lawazo had really good spinning back kicks, and you remember this, obviously, but he had really good spinning back kicks, and he was like busting ribs out and, and, and hitting people in the solar plex and causing them to go down, and then his elbows were vicious, too, he had knees, and so I was like, I really wanted to train with you for that fight. And then no, I appreciate you coming in, man, because you, you not only came in and and in quite a short amount of time. I mean, it was a fight camp I consider a short amount of time for a career. But, man, you not only taught me uh, the proper, which I didn't know, uh, the proper form on in the fastest way to throw a back kick and a, and a, and a spinning back kick, um, but you also told me how to avoid them. And then I went out there in that fight, and not only did I not get kicked by his spinning back kicks, but I landed spinning back kicks on him. And then I ultimately, I ultimately won the fight and became yeah. uh, arguably the number one contender to fight for the championship after that. So I appreciate you taking that time out, but man, you really helped me out a lot. I was, I was grateful for that. I don't know if I ever told you, but man, I really appreciate that.
1: No, th- thank you. Actually, you you mentioned it a few times, and I just, I just remember when I was coming in. And, like, you are so gracious. You're like, you know, you would give me pointers and not, not, what not to do when I land on a takedown or catch a kick or, you know, end up on the ground. Kung, why are you, why is your head there? Oh, I don't, I don't know. So <laughs> I actually learned. So when when you said, hey, this is a big fight for me. So, every, like, you know, I felt like, okay, I'm part of the team. I, I got to be there for him. He was there for me. He gave me tips. So, you know, and, I, and you know, so as soon as you told me that you're fighting Dave, uh, David Lorazzo, I just studied him up a little bit. I'm like, ah, uh, you know, I think Mike's pace is going to be too too fast. And, you know, t- the back kick's all about the timing. And, uh, you know, I felt like he didn't have the greatest setup. So by you, you know, like I just said, look, if, if you're doing the back kick, you know what's going to come. You're going to see his hips. You're going to see his movement. So I, I showed you a little yeah, tip right. on how I and i was like man he's not getting any hit and then and then, you know you, you avoid all the hit and i'm like oh shit he he got he scored he's scoring it with a back kick you know and i think that pace i think he just couldn't keep up with the pace and and then then, then you got the w and i think the, the whole camp was like you know like super excited you know so
0: yeah i know you've probably can attest to this but it, you know some of those fights like some of those fights you have and like you're kind of in a daze and And you go off your instincts and like you still win your fight, you know, and you do okay. But it's kind of like it was a daze and and you're not really in it. That fight was my still to this day my most proudest fight because every second of that fight my head was in it. And like I was so like keen and which is good because I needed to be for what you taught me because I needed to think about those things. But that was the the biggest fight of my career as far as well, for putting me where I needed to be. But also, I was so aware of the whole fight. So like every single move that he made and every move that I made, I was thinking about, I was calculating and I was strategizing of how I was going to counter, how I was going to score, how I was going to defend against his, you know, his giving me his back and then reversing and landing the elbows and all this type of stuff. So it was, it was just all around just a great experience that it all worked out the way it did. So I was super stoked about that. So when you, when you move, I think you were, you were three-time if correctly, you were 17 and 0 as a kickboxer, three-time champ. Is that right? Yeah, I
1: was a champion in so many different.
0: Kickboxing. Um... Yeah, San yeah. and everything else, but kickboxing.
1: And then, uh, you know, then when Scott, you know, picked me up, I I wasn't 17 and 0 yet, but I was building. But like a lot of people don't know, like I used to pay to go to tournaments. Mm -hmm. And then I just because I made the U.S. team three different times, I had to raise my own money to go fight Russia, Iran. And all these guys are all professional fighters. So I'm fighting the best of the best and I'm an amateur fighter. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize this, but I've had close to 100 fights before I even turned pro. Wow. So, you know, I've had almost 100 and I have three, four or five hundred wrestling matches. I, I didn't keep stats on what I did. I just remember every year I had this much. My mom was going to give me this much money to go to tournaments and the rest I, I did like pizza drives and wash cars and walk door to door. Hi, my name is Kung Lee. Would you like to sponsor me for the Nationals? You know, so. Um, you know, I was able to raise a lot of the money and I, I did a lot of wrestling tournaments. I was wrestling every single week, like almost year round until the high school wrestling started. So I think all that just added up to, you know, like the, the, the style that, you know, I, I wanted to say, call it, I say it's a part of the, the Sanda and then the MMA that, you know, I, I learned from all you guys. And then, then, uh, then, then I just, you know, developed like, Hey, what what works good for me is what I'm going to use, and what don't, doesn't work good for me, I, I just you know, keep it here in case I need it, but something that doesn't work, like the forms, I stopped doing the forms. I stopped, you yeah. know, traditional martial arts, started focusing on the fight game, and then, you know, and everyone, at, when you were coming off that, you know, Ultimate Fighter show, everyone was doing so good, and, you know, you, everyone was like, like you were on a, like a, a knockout tear, which is knocking out everyone. And I was like, at this point, these, these guys are the best, so I need to go and train with these guys, because I felt like my my teacher, remember, he, he told me, Kung, what you gotta do is stop thinking about what you're gonna punch and kick and do your takedowns with. This is like my traditional, because uh, I was already putting it all together back then. He's like, hit what's open, defend what's coming, don't think about it. So, Because we both been doing it so long, if if we're not reacting on, and that's what you were when you fought David, you know David, and you were fresh. You didn't overtrain because we all know at AK, yeah. If you had tough camp, sometimes you left most of everything in camp because I remember, you know, a couple of my fights. I'm like, man, I don't feel good, but I still won. (laughs) But even though I look good, I didn't feel good out there because. I'm struggling every single yeah. day in, in practice because everyone's trying to just kill, you know, it's just like one speed in that gym. And then, uh, you know, a lot of times we, like you, you finally, like, did the, all yeah. the right preparation and you were, like, in tune with yourself. You hit, you attack with the, what's open, you, you you defend what's coming. And there, there wasn't really much he could have done because you were in that zone, you know, and I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of fighters you can learn from like you and then you know my son can learn from me and the fighters I taught in the past that don't overtrain, you know. You leave it in the gym, you have much out there, you know? Yeah, so. we
0: evolved a lot since then and, and and and, got it down to a lot better now. Um so so Frank Shamrock was a big reason why a lot of the all of us came to AKA in the beginning. He was a five time mm-hmm. UFC champion. He was looked upon as the most well rounded you know, back in that day, he was the the best fighter in the world. You know, he was, he was the most well-rounded, um, you know, he had everything. Um, and then you went on to fight him in MMA and beat him, uh, pretty dominantly. What would, would you say because of the fact he was such a, a champion and, and such a like looked upon as such a well-rounded champion, would you say that was one of your biggest wins and proudest moments? Or I know you, you eventually wanted to get in the UFC and fight those guys and you did. Um, was that frank shamrock your biggest fight and your proudest fight because of 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 who he was or did you eventually get to a a place that was better as far as like a a win or a, a moment
1: no i say you know every fight you know leading up to frank shamrock was big but then when that fight just the magnitude of that fight and the pressure of of like you know like a lot of Asian people were like come you know do it for the Asians I was like oh man I first got to do it for myself before I can (laughs) do it for you guys so then I think there there, at one point I had I was training so hard and then I I remember I had to take a little break from training at AK because it was just like my body was just breaking down and then Hobbs started coming over and then then I had to take a part in this movie called Tekken because it was like martial law and I I literally cut my, my part down. I went out for a week, but I took Hob with me and he held pads for me every day. And then I believe because of that, and then crazy thing is I got 21 stitches on, on the movie. The, the, the actor hit me and gave me 21 stitches. So I couldn't spar for the last three uh, three weeks. And actually that helped me out because I was just flow sparring and barely any touch. My body was so rested. And I, like like I felt I saw everything that was coming. And then, like, you know, all the all those little tricks you guys hey, come watch out for this, watch out for that. Soon as, like, I remember I did a will kick and then I was like, hey, how the hell did he get underneath of me? And I fell down and next thing I know, I'm fighting off a guillotine. I just, I didn't I did even think. I was just, like, chin down and I was out. And I kind of, like, like, like he looked at me and I kind of smirked, like, Oh shit, I got out, you know? And then I think that, that just, you know, like, Frank, he's got such a strong mindset. Then he started like playing into it, like, hey, I got one point on you. He was trying to break me down and yeah that that definitely was like my proudest fight um, and uh, uh you know up to date because that fight I was like in the best shape I was recovered even though I had you know the the, the stitches were that there were already out but like the first three exchanges he he opened it up again you know so so it was uh, it was it was definitely top was of the fight.
0: list yeah it was a and, great uh, fight all right so i want to take a second to thank our sponsor aka thailand the world's premier luxury training facility here in phuket thailand um we are still offering our reopen 30% discount for all of you that want to pre-book. I can't guarantee how long that's going to last. So the best thing I can say is if you go to akthailand.com, you go to the pricing page, you book out your training and go to the checkout. If it still gives you the 30%, then the the sale's still on. We're going to honor it. If it doesn't, the sale's over. Um, I've allocated a certain budget for it. And once we reach that budget, um, we're going to have to stop the sell because it's getting close to open time and we're getting a lot more people booking. Um, this sell was specifically for people who wanted to pre-book early um, and, and were dedicated and, 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 and definitely made their mind up that they wanted to come uh, train after quarantine. So that's the reason I did it. Um, and so, like I said, it is as of right now, it's still going on. So check it out. If you want to go ahead and pre-book, 30% is the best deal we've ever done. Um, you can book any amount of group training for any period of time, and you can use it anytime in the future. There's no expiration date. So if you want to book it and, and then use it right after the quarantine, no problem. Uh, if you want to use it a year from now, two years from now, you you know same deal. You can use it whenever. Uh, you can also transfer it. So say you want to give it to your friend in the future. Maybe you don't want to come or uh, something changes, you can give it to your friend. Um, you can also book it for somebody else. Just any questions you have, email us at info at We'll answer immediately. We have a very fast response time. Uh, we're five star rated on every platform at uh, Google TripAdvisor. So our customer service is by far the best. Uh, we will answer any question that you have. Um, if you're wondering right now what aka Thailand is, I'm a little hurt. I'm a little hurt all these episodes and and you don't know what A.K. Thailand is, but uh, I am prepared. So if you don't know what A.K. Thailand is, here is our commercial.
1: What's up everybody. I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here, been dying to come here for years. The great Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand is incredible. There's people here from all over the world
0: So considering uh, fighting is one thing and then, you know, what you learn from fighting and progress from fighting afterwards and movies and all that's different. But do you think that uh, you got everything that you wanted from fighting as far as, like, the fights that you had, the people that you fought? Um, do, you, do you think – are you satisfied that, like, you you fought enough people and the right people and, 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 and you walked away, like, satisfied? Or do you feel like there should have been maybe another fight you should have had or somebody you should have fought?
1: Well, you know, like a lot of people say, Kung – um, they actually wish for me. We wish you would have started earlier, right? Well, yeah. I can't look back and I can't change time and I can't go back. There's not a time machine. And um, so I just try to look forward. But like I felt like, you know, everything that I did in in mixed martial arts, I always had choices, right? And I, I realized I can't fight forever. So do I continue and train and stay undefeated, or open up another opportunity that? I probably won't get it presented again and have life after, you know, mixed martial arts. So when the opportunity opened up, I got a chance to do a movie at Channing Tatum. Then I did Pandorum with Ben Foster, Dennis Quaid. Then I did one with the biggest, um, you know, um, action director in, in China, um, True Legends. And it's just one after another and one after another. And I, I noticed that it started taking away from my training, taking away from my timing and my my limbs weren't as conditioned when i come back and i after 18 months off i'm hitting the bag i'm like oh i never felt pain hitting the bag before why is there pain you know and then um then 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 of course i experienced my first loss against scott smith where i was winning every second of the round and i realized you know what hey it's not my plan anymore it's god's plan if 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 i'm not gonna like have resentment because i lost i it hurts that i lost but you know what i'm gonna learn from it i'm gonna learn from it and you know, maybe that helped me make better decisions, and and still I continue, and then I I start, I full time even though like I was recovering from that broken nose I trained and then the next fight I you know I, I dominated <laughs> and got got my revenge, then the opportunities came again, then I was like oh God what should I do you know help me and then uh, you know uh, I just pursued my dream and I knew I couldn't continue to fight you know obviously you know you know, everyone, there's no superhuman out there, you know, you yeah, eventually get caught, but whatever the reason it is, I maybe I could have avoided it, but then down the line I would have got caught, you know, as age catches up. So I, I said, I, got, I gotta do this. So I did another three movie and I came back and then I got a fight with, the, now I'm in the UFC, I, I fought, I was supposed to fight Vitor first, mm-hmm. then I remember during training camp, you know, um, all of a sudden they, they changed it and I was like, shit, from Southpaw, to standard now, and you know, let's let's go, let's do this, and so I continued. And then you know, of course, again during during training, King Mo, you know, slammed me down, cracked my rib, and and I was like, man, I, maybe I'm getting too old to train with these guys. I can't you know can't stay healthy with these guys. You know, they're animals in here. So at least they like,
0: <laughs> we were, yeah. we were savages, dude. Yeah.
1: So so you know, I just I just went through it, and now. Of course, I wish I you know had some fights that I could redo again or have a rematch, but I gotta look at it. Look what I'm doing now. I'm fighting for all the fighters in this you know class action class action against um, the UFC. Now, mm-hmm. without us as fighters, if you look at it, what do they have? They have no one. They have no. nothing. No one's gonna come and watch you know the the Fertitta brothers or Dana talk in the ring. They. They come for us. They come for you. They come for the the fighters. Not we are the product. And and uh, you know. Then when I realized, man, you know, um, you know, if I, when I was doing great for them, I was, you know, the company man. And you know, you're great in this. And all of a sudden, you know, when I didn't want to sign a new deal, and they think I was going to jump over to Bellator, when I already said, hey, you know what? These guys are getting too big. Maybe I should cut down to 170 because. I'm walking around at 193, you know, so, um, you know, and I didn't sign right away. Something, some things happen, you know, I said, Hey, what happened to my blood test? What happened to Michael's test? How did he get destroyed? You know, so, you know, there's, uh, so now that, that made me realize I don't want my son to go through this. I don't want, you know, later on all our camps, our fighters, how, how upset, you know, you train, these guys, you're going to have some champions. You already have a few champions. You already had a few guys in the finals at the, the in, Jap, in Japan, right? Nice you, you have yeah. some up fighters. Your fighters are going to be champion one day. Why shouldn't they get paid like a real champion? How come we are the biggest combat sports in the world and boxing is – we are the fastest-growing sport and boxing wouldn't, is behind us now – In 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 popularity wise, and how come all the fighters are getting paid this much, and Mm. how come the boxers here are getting paid this much? It just doesn't make any sense. And as as we all have social media, you saw recently someone posted, oh, the UFC takes in take home, you know, um, oh no, the fighters shared 12 percent or 12 to 15 percent. I can't remember the exact numbers. Is that fair? I mean, that's a question that you know the fighters who don't understand, and they're and they're doing whatever the company asks them to do. I'm still fighting for you. I'm still fighting for whoever, whether they believe in what I'm doing or not. I'm I'm gonna fight. You know, and that's what yeah, I, I heard seem it. like I'm doing. You yeah, know, I heard about. So, I mean,
0: I heard about this. Obviously, a lot of people are talking about that that whole thing with the UFC. Um, what happens if like? I mean, I know that like that you're fighting for getting money back for fighters or something like that. But what what happens if that damages? Like what happens because I know that the, the u f c got sold for a big amount of money, so they they have to be trying to make that money back i mean they can 't be like super financially secure, considering they have such a big debt now, obviously, with this thing but what what if something like that was to happen and and succeed, and then it damaged the u f c say to a point where uh you know like if it was to win or some some somehow some stuff was you know uh, and then it got to a point where it crippled the UFC or it, it it maybe possibly bankrupt the UFC or something like that and then what would that do for the sport and for the fighters at that level like like what would be the alternative on the other side of the
1: spectrum you know I you know okay let's say that did happen right now before before we even talked about that, Mark Cuban was looking into entering into the mixed martial arts we had affliction that had, made a $100 million in clothing and they they wanted to promote the Randy Couture fight versus uh Fedor. And they, we had a lot of 100 millionaires or billionaires wanting to get into the game. So if the UFC would have bankrupt or if they did go bankrupt, <clears throat> look at all the promotions that's finally coming out of the ashes but still in major debt. So look at 1FC. We all know that they're They have a mass amount of of fans and and a fan base and eyeballs on their championship because of Asia, but they're still in debt. So the fact that if it does bankrupt them, which I don't think it's going to bankrupt them at all, they are making hand over fist money on the blood, the sweat and the, the, the fighters risking their lives to enter inside the octagon. Yes, we chose to do this, but we should be compensated for it because they're just sitting on from the outside. Sure. They write the checks, but they would, they even have any money to write any checks if it wasn't for the blood and the sweat of the fighters. So I feel like what we're doing and for some reason, they go bankrupt. I guarantee you there's going to be 10 other investors to say, I'll buy UFC. I will get them out of that and I will I want just because of the prestige. Now, if it wasn't for what you done, what all the fighters who've come up and and tell me what um, if you don't mind saying, uh, your your first fight purse. You know, ten to show, ten to win, something like that. Five. five and five. Five and five. Plus your corners, plus your camp. Plus but your manager.
0: S- but I will say that right. the thing is, the, the alternative to that, I, mean, I will say this because I like to just talk about things from all perspectives. But uh, I will say that like every contract I got, I was happy with and excited about. Um, I think the UFC and, and every promotion organization banks on the fact that they do these three fight deals, four fight deals. And I've never seen that many fighters get these contracts and be upset about them and, and, and reluctantly sign them. I've seen them be like super excited. They're posting on Twitter. They're super happy. They're like, you know, this is the best. I'm So I'm going to be a UFC fighter. I'm going to do this. And then, and then they win by knockout like devastatingly in like two fights and they become superstars. Then all of a sudden they're still stuck for two more fights at the same amount of money. And then it seems like that's when they get kind of bitter and upset. But it could be looked upon as like the UFC gambled that they would do that and it worked. And then I'm sure they've done that with many other fighters and it didn't work. You know, they they paid them a certain amount of money and they didn't do anything. And they were bummers and you know, bummer fights and and, and, and they kind of lost money on that. So what, what do you say about the fact that a lot of these, uh, like the majority, I would say, of the fighters that got the contracts and signed them, had a level of responsibility to then later complain about it or, or to fight against it with, I mean, I would think that would hold up in court to kind of make it tougher, you know, like to, 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 to battle it. Once you sign that contract, you know, kind of like in business, once you sign it, it's like, you're kind of stuck.
1: Well, see, here's where the Muhammad Ali act from boxing will educate people because it should go into um, MMA. We, we've already got about 60 of congressmen and, you know, um, people in the the Washington office signing and and getting behind it. So before this pandemic, we were really close to getting the bill signed. Now, (coughs) you signed the deal and you were happy with it because you didn't know any better. Now, if you were a boxer and they were operating by the boxing um, Muhammad Ali (coughs) Act in mixed martial (coughs) arts, you would know. Here's fair market. Here's what I'm worth. Here's what they made because you get to look at what they made. Now, if you see, <sighs> I made. Sorry, my dog's coughing. That's uh, okay. But here's you see, thirty or forty million dollars, and you brought home. And you, remember, you're on a, um, a three, or four fight knockout win streak, and you're making maybe fifteen and fifteen back then. And they they just pulled in thirty million dollars. Are you gonna be okay with that? If you knew, yeah. if you knew, but you didn't know because no one knew because they hid that from the fighters. In boxing, right. they can't hide it from the boxers. They yeah. have to, because of the Muhammad Ali act, show them what they made in their previous fight. Now they're bringing in this big draw. Mike Swick Just say, I'm using you as, for example, right, of course, yeah. fight knockout by devastating fashion. Now he's fighting, you know, some guy who's like a ninja, you know, spinning back hits, knocking people out. David Lorazzo, mm-hmm. think about what you got paid there and think about what you have seen made. Now, you, now, if you want to look at the big picture, was yours a pay per view? Fight, yeah, so yours is a pay per view. So, I'm, I won't even bring up what you made, but just say you made a hundred thousand, right? Mm-hmm. You made a hundred thousand. While boxer of your caliber fighting in, in the number one contention just made three or $4 million and you just made a hundred thousand. And of course, whatever your sponsors and UFC just walked away with 30, 40, 50 million. So if you knew about that, would you be going on Twitter? Hey everyone, look, I signed a, a a four fight deal in my last fight. I'm going to get 20,000 to show 20,000 to win. Just, I'm just, yeah, I'm expressing. Everybody has their. And here's here's for all the people who don't know, and haven't done research. This is what's happening. This is what fighters getting paid. Sure, the pay is a little bit higher now. I think the like 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 the entry fee is different. Yeah, it's so, more. It's more right now. Yeah. You know, a little bit higher, but still, you you got to earn your way. But someone like you already earned your way. So when they re they renegotiated your contract. It wasn't in the six figures. It wasn't, we're going to throw 100000 on top of everything that you made. It was. They're, they're being gracious. Here's an extra 10 to show. Here's an extra 10 to win. Maybe 20, 30. But still, they're making in the millions. So, if I think every fighter knew about that. Now, the fighters who don't care, well, I'm sorry you're not educated and if you don't mind them making all that money off your blood, sweat, and tears, and the food that you could have been providing better food and a better roof over your family's head, then I'm sorry you're not that educated or you, you don't want to educate yourself to see what they're truly doing. Mm-hmm. I I went in and before I even went in, I already I saw you guys dealing with John Fitch where John Fitch didn't want to sign his likeness because of the video game. And they were about to <coughs> take it out on all you guys. I was like, oh, my goodness.
0: That's not fair. Kostchick was the big one, but the big one that was was not wanting to sign, and then then he kind of got fish into agreeing with him.
1: Yeah, so, like, I was, like... For
0: me, me it was, like, always just, like, like, I'm on my own, you know? I'm just kind of, like... I guess, like, for me, it's, like, growing up in Texas, small-town Texas, I just was just so appreciative to, like... You know, I didn't have much. You know, I grew up on a small ranch, and so, like, for me, it's just, like, if I can make a, a name for myself and be in video games and have magazine covers and and, you know, be in, be on pay-per-view and, and enjoy it and make, make good money at it. I, I was pretty happy and content and I'm not that, I'm not that much of like a, like a stand up for the rights kind of guy anyway, you know, so I was just pretty content. I'm just kind of like that content kind of guy um, and, and appreciative, you know, obviously of the things that I got, but I can definitely, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out and, uh, and what, what, what happens and, and, you know, I know there's a lot of fighters that are supporting that and then there's, you know, all different sides and everything. So
1: it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not asking you or any of the fighters to support. I'm just gonna do it anyways. I'm, no, no, I'm, I totally understand. Guy, yeah, I'm that guy who does it, and even though if I don't get paid anything from it, I'm still gonna do it because I feel like it's the right thing to do. Because yeah. after what happened to me, I mean, yeah. If I'm honestly, if I'm gonna take performance-enhancing, I would have took the real good stuff, not HGH. Why am I going to take HGH? I mean, that's what they, they they threw me under the bus for. And all if I would have signed the deal, this what would have really happened? If I would have signed a six-fight-more deal, kept being the face of, you know, the UFC in China, everything would have been fine. But all of a sudden, the, the samples are destroyed and stuff like that. But, you know, hearsay, I'm in the fight. I'm doing it for the fighters that can't afford to do it. And I'm doing it for the present fighters and the past fighters that are are certain certain date to a certain date and the future of the fighters. And I hope when we win, then all the fighters can always look back and say, I'm glad I'm not fighting for the average thing because I just had a three-fight win streak and I just knocked three guys out. And my last guy, I knocked the guy in the top 15 out. So now I'm in the rankings. I should be making six figures, you know. But that's that really doesn't happen, you know. Someone like um um uh like a um cowboy. I saw like after he won so many fights, and then they put his number up against like a a, a like a like a Canelo, and it was like whoa. He wasn't even making two percent of what Canelo was making, you know, and. You know their records speak for itself right canelo canelo's an established fighter with a huge amount of fans but look at what you know these fighters are doing and look at the pay difference and it should be that way because boxing is protected the fighters are protected by the muhammad ali act and the ufc fighters are not protected at all they are they are running around bare nut naked and no clothes on them and and being taken advantage of And but if 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 it helps them because they've, or they're able to pay their bills and they're able to, you know, provide for their family, awesome. Thank, thank goodness for the UFC providing that. But then there was the other side on the other side of the fence. Why is everyone else behind the doors that are not fighting, that are is not bleeding, that's not getting concussion, that is not losing, you know, time off their life? Yes, they didn't choose it. And they chose the executive route, the promotion route, but their products, they have to take care of the products because without the products, they don't have a, they don't have that company and they don't have that machine that's well greased. And that people know the people don't know the UFC, they know the fighters, people know Mike Swick, they know, you know, um Kostcheck, they know, you know, you know, uh, Fitch, they know, you know, Kane, they know Cormier. They don't know like who's behind the closed door doing nothing, but they're the one collecting the seven, eight digits. It's not fair. That's just how I see it. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, well, yeah, no, I totally understand. And it'd be interesting to see how that, that pans out and, uh, and, and what happens. I know that's been ongoing for a long time and it happens with a lot of sports. I mean, there's, there's, I know they have different like, uh, Uh, you know, things that that control things for the, for the players and stuff, but there's definitely a lot of uh, controversy with, with other sports as well. Um, So being that you were in the UFC and and you were in, you know, obviously strike force and fighting and fighting for real and, 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 you know, doing the real thing uh, moving into film, like, like, how is that different from as far as like on a, on a level of your goals like in life, yeah. how is that? How and and a level of fun and just fulfillment. How is that compared to actually fighting? You know,
1: two different kind of adrenaline, right? Um, <clears throat> fighting, hard training camp. A lot of people don't know about until you know, um, embedded and the road to the you know the octagon and all the training that gets put in, all the blood and sweat, and finally you have your moment of your thirty minutes of fame. And, they, and the build up and then the, the social media the media week and then finally you fight right mm-hmm. so by the time you're done some fighters are like Ooh, I need a little breather." some fighters are like when's the next one I need to get I gotta get paid I gotta pay bills right I gotta I wanna keep going in a film you kinda have to pre- prepare mindset in, in a completely different way you have to like understand the character and then you have to connect with the director then you also have to connect with the cast and then you got to know how you want to deliver your character and you have to have options when your director says hey come try it this way hey come try it that way and when you're being creative and you're doing something and you give them a lot of options and then they're like okay moving on so it's 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 compared to fighting, nothing compares to fighting. But when you watch a movie and you finish the movie from, you know, from beginning to end, and then now I'm getting into the producing, the writing, and understanding the machine, how the machines uh, being greased. I'm I'm looking for my own investors to, um, to to invest in the film and then look at all the platforms now. Like in UFC, here's the same here's the same thing. UFC cornered the market market. They bought out WEC. They bought out Pride. They bought out Strike Force. There's nowhere else the fighters can go. Here, I can go to Netflix. I can go to Amazon. I can go to uh, Peacock. I can go to Universal. I can go to Sony. And uh, and they all, if they all like the project, guess what? They're negotiating against each other for it. If we had, you know, uh, Mark Cuban, um, Trump, we had all these different people. I like this fighter and I want him to fight this fighter. I'm gonna pay for it, but I'm gonna get 50% of what I'm investing in, but the fighters get 50% too, mm-hmm. right? So in films, you have the opportunity to do that. So now I've done, two years ago, I get, I get best villains from this big, I forget the, the Drew Blank, but the, the website. And then Donnie Yen was number one for Asians. I was the best, he was the best hero, and then um, I was the best villain, and then there was a the female version, and then there's a, the, um, you know, um, supporting lead and all that. So I got, I got best villain, and I was like, where am I going to go from that? I don't want to get killed, you know, five times by the same guy, you know, by the same. So I, I got to go. I, I feel like I've been working hard. I'm very tactical. I've been studying and training with different you know, um, special operations soldiers and, you know, the best shooters in the world to be dynamic. And then I, I'm understanding about telling a story and then I, I've taken a ton load of, you know, acting lessons and I can be, you know, you know I can, you know, navigate my way to making the director happy or making my own character. So I figure, okay, you know, how, how should I navigate my my future now that I've done I have had two starring roles where I was the the, the the hero, and I know what the producers made. <clears throat> so yeah. here's my, I put it together. I do it myself, and let's see what happens from there. Then of course I can get the message across, and then now I can now I can have say because if I'm doing someone else's movie, I'm like, hey, um, you know, can I bring my? Since we're gonna be filming in, in Thailand, I, I, I think uh, you know I want Mike I want Mike to be you know part of the uh, you know my, my team. Nope, sorry, you have to use our guy. So that's when you're doing someone else's film. But when you're doing your own film, hey, Mike's the best guy for the job? Okay. The producer says, Boom. give me his number. I'm going to call him. I'm going to book him. Great. And then, then you, you're moving on. You're not like held back. Oh, please, you know, maybe, you know, get your friends in. They gave me a lot of options on Dragon Eyes. I got Dan Henderson in there. I got Gilbert Melendez. I got like a couple of my, you know, Marshall, you know, um, uh, uh, Travis, you know, you remember him from Yeah. AKA? yeah. There, you know, I got them all parts, all speaking parts, you know, and and because the the producer knew that I knew what I was doing, they're like, take over, I did all their work for them, but I was okay with it because I had to pay my dues. But I learned now I can do it myself. And look, look, there that movie Dragon Eyes. They had a ten movie slate, five um, action and five like you know, act, uh, scary movies, or you know, whether it's demonic or zombies or whatever and mine was the the smallest budget out of the action made the most money nice you know so speaking yeah.
0: speaking of speaking of donnie yen you were saying he was on top whatever but i remember your fight scene with donnie yen i forgot what movie it was but that, that bodyguard. Crazy, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that, that crazy fight scene you had with him was pretty sick that was awesome yeah you
1: for that that film we were fighting inside of 80 percent was inside a like a fish market yeah and i was like we have two and a half blocks of 1905 Hong Kong. Why are we not in the streets? Why am I not throwing kids and w- children and women and men around to try to get to you? And Donnie's all, good question. Uh, I'm not in charge of action. I don't want to, you know, get anyone fired. I'm all, We're not going to get anyone fired. But, man, just imagine me and you in this scene, parkour. He's all. Yeah, that's a great idea. But you talked to Peter Chan about it because Peter Chan was the producer. And I just, I took a chance. I said, hey, Peter, you know, maybe we should use the full, you know, two blocks of 1905 Hong Kong. Look at your set. It's amazing. And he's, he looked over the dailies at what we got. And he's like, come, let's give it a try. Can you stay? And I'm like, well, I can't stay, but I can come back. They flew me back. You know, they paid me extra. And uh, we got that amazing scene. Which one? you know, uh, best action in, in the Hong Kong, um, you know, film awards, which is like the yeah. Oscars. So I, I was part of that. And if I didn't speak up, it would have never, never won. So, so, you know, those are the things I've built my, you know, thing. And I say in the last two, two years, I've turned down literally over a dozen projects because I didn't want to get killed by the same, you know, actor and, yeah. and be that Came a Zach villain as I was in the other movie, you know. So I, I felt like it's time for me to do something different. You know, I, I want to represent the Asian, you know, have a, a dynamic character and and not like be a, like a fight movie. Maybe let's let's do something end of the world and maybe let people see what's really going on. Let's let's. Just add a little revelations in there. The dead will rise, you know. Everyone's always entertained by that. And how can I beat a fifty million dollar John Wick movie? But I definitely if I had a good story, I can tell a story and I can deliver good action and people will be that was a badass movie. I can't wait till part two. And now yeah. the studio's getting and now bigger things can happen and we'll see what happens.
0: So I have to assume, I mean, I see you throwing kicks and I see you training and man, you look just the same as always with your, your kicks and your training and your, your takedowns and all that kind of stuff. But I have to assume you are 47 and, and you're getting older and it's going to be getting harder and harder to do those things. Um, or what, what is your, what is your, I guess, uh, what is your next step as far as the film industry goes? Like, are you looking to maybe do like coordinating and directing and things like that? Like, like in producing, um, is, is that kind of like where you want to go? You want to stay in film, even when you go beyond the fight scenes and stuff like that? Um, is this, is that your main interest or do you have another end game? some Something else that you want to do, you know, and after this is all over with to to just close out, close out, you know,
1: I think eventually I'm going to retire. Um, I'm going to do what I could, uh, you know, as as in that career, of course, you know, uh, you don't, you're not taking punches and you're not taking kicks and body slams and fighting off submission, so your your body gets to recover. And, and I take really good care of my body, and you know, especially you know, my girlfriend's a nutritionist and she's always on me. Why are you eating that? And, you know, oh, I, okay, I, you know, I, I was, now I'm 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 a lot better. I'm not like, you know, eating pizza and bad. Food like I was before, and um, and so everything's like very strict, and uh, lifestyle's really good, and I'm uh, you know I'm I'm happy where I'm at, and and you know I, I feel like instead of like looking too far ahead, I'm going to look at tomorrow instead yeah. of next week or the next month. I'm look at tomorrow. I feel like right now I'm living in my own movie because not only are we both in a pandemic, and you're like okay. I got to make sure my instructors are paid, the, the students are staying on online, doing the online training. But I also, my girlfriend's, you know, she's a Native American, you know, and they're the most persecuted. Um, and in, the, in Kentucky, like the the, the, the the crooked judges to the deputy sheriffs to the CPS, they're actually taking kids and they're profiting from it, putting in, in, in other families, and we what else? Do we know about you know there's a lot of things that we don't know about look at recently in California the Marines just saved 2,000 kids in an underground bunker that a lot of people don't know about. there's like there's YouTube videos about that out there and what's going on you know and you hear about you know children being trafficked the children being used or sacrificed used for their blood I mean there's all kinds of stuff so all that's happening and I I'm just scratching the surface because of what's going on with my girlfriend. And, like, literally, CPS took her kids, and she was never married to them, you know? And 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 these guys are, like, they have, like, lawsuits against them because they're breaking people's arms in handcuffs and beating them up in the back of the squad cars. And there's lawsuits against them, but somehow they're getting away with it. But what I what I start realizing is if I, if I put my... Platform, my social media platform. Recently, there's this uh, officer now. It's on there, on it's out there as in a record. There's an article on it, so I'm not saying anything that will hurt the show. But there's an article where Pat Atkins, who's been on the uh, like the chief of the drug um, uh, drug task force, just in now in September he's gonna be facing could be 20 years because of what he's done. It's yeah. crazy. It's like in an article and. I felt like, wow, I put enough pressure on them because I, I said, I'm not going to go for these low level guys. I'm going to go for the top. And I, I started pushing, pushing, pushing. I called in favors. My, my, my close buddy, his family's very wealthy. They own like, um, you know, California waste management. So they have all these contracts and they, they fund a lot of, you know, people who campaign for like Senate and, you know, and so I said, I need a favor. I need some pressure. And, you know, they made some calls and I, I stayed on the press and I'm doing something with my social media to help my girlfriend. And not only am I speaking up for the Native American, but I'm speaking up for domestic violence. Now there's all kinds of groups that's you know, asking me to, hey, do you want to you know, represent us in this? And so I'm just going to try to represent everyone and try to be that light that I want to see shine into the darkness. You know, people say, hey, you know. If you want to see change you be the change well, okay then that's what i guess that's what i have to do so i'm going to go after that i'm going to expose those guys i'm going to get the, the the judge for racketeering and all the deputy you know sheriffs out there that done done bad and and these are the people like we as americans we pay for their salaries we pay them to have a job and they took an oath and they they they're supposed to serve and protect and why are we letting them get away with it? Because we hold the power. We, the people, hold the power. You know, so I, I'm just doing what, whatever I could do, and you know, and uh, and then I give all glory to God, and I and then when I'm done, and we, even after my girlfriend gets her kids back, we, we there are still all these these victims. Over 20 of them have came to us and giving us all their documents, and it's like, how can how can the judge not see this because the judge is crooked? And we have all this evidence just with with my my girl's evidence alone. I mean, we can shut down that whole town. But, of course, I'm sure the federal government won't let that happen because then that's a whole part of a town shut down. But they can slowly pick guys in and put new people in there because I don't think the, <clears throat> the that Kentucky or any of these other states – want to be seen in that kind of light so i just got to shine that light onto that dark spot and make a difference so that's what i'm doing you know yeah i see
0: i see you doing a lot of like shooting like 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 uh competitive shooting and and uh and the pistol range and stuff like that what got you into that Like, like a what got you into that um doing the competitive shooting and b do you hunt too or are you just more of just target practice shooting for uh for protection
1: well, um, when I was younger, you know, um, my mom tried to take me hunting and we used to get skunked a lot because we had no clue. I did. I was raised by my mom, you know, and <clears throat> I, I remember I used to look through these hunting magazines and I see like the father and the son and, you know, and my mom would see him and she's all take you hunting one day. And then we did the hunters course and all that. And then we never got anything. You know, we went out there. And we just sat out there and we're like oh this is a nice view and then you know if someone shoots across the, uh you know on the other side of the hill and all the animals like they're all gone we're like oh that sucks uh, well you know we sat there we got some quality time with mom and son and we we had a lot of um uh drive homes where we were got to connect but then you know i think um what i was writing a part for myself about uh, five years ago and I wanted to be that character and then you know and <clears throat> Dave Camarillo was teaching the seals right and he's still their their BJJ coach. So um, Gary Owens um, brought um, some seal guys down to my gym and I was like hey, you know Come and train come train with us and they're like, oh, it's cool We'll just watch and then you know, I started answering some questions and they're like hey You want to come out and train us for a week? I'm not like, sure So I went out there and trained them for a week and you know, they they said hey You, you want to do this on a regular basis? I'm like what happens if you know I, I have a fight on the weekend that or the week that you guys are you know that you guys want me to come out and they're like well you just have to tell you know them to give you a different fight i'm like oh it doesn't work that way as you know it you can't just like oh, i'm gonna fight a month from now dana you know yeah, just, yeah. that's just, i didn't take that but i got a chance when i came on first couple of days you're like you you want to shoot some guns come I'm like, yeah sure i'd love to shoot some guns I, you know yeah you know, i shot some 22 before then the first gun I shot with the Vector, then, you know, their M4s, and they, they had me shoot even up to a saw, and after that, I was like, I'm addicted, I went, I came home, I wanted to like, I'll just go look for the best shooting, and I went to the, uh, shot show, and then, uh, I met, um, uh, some, some instructors, and then Terran Tactical, I went out there, and I started training there for like, four years straight, and I trained, I even started training there before, um, um, uh, Keanu Reeves did, and then, but, you know, I, I didn't just stop there. I just trained with like special operations soldiers, you know, um, people who serve their our, our country, who's retired, who's still in. But you know, they when they come back, you know, they they're gracious enough to, um, you know, you know, uh, um, spend time and 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 then help and and help me out. And now now that I'm in the business, like I I you know it's uh, I'm working with um, Zev Technology. Uh, Alec Wolf has you know now it's like a, he has his own gun. They use a custom Glocks and now it's all called, it's called a Zev. I got like, you know, two Zev guns. I got a, um, I got the John Wick gun. I got the John Wick, uh, AR. Um, so I, and you, you know, just behind me, I just got, um, I'm, uh, teaming up with, um, uh, innocent, uh, armor and they, mm-hmm. they make body armor, but in clothes, you know? So I just recently got this jacket today. It's like oh, nice. uh, bulletproof. bulletproof, oh, you know? So yeah. It doesn't look so, heavy. No, it's super light, you know.
0: I think it's bulletproof. Yeah. Was it like Kevlar. Yeah.
1: Yep. All wow. all handgun round.
0: Oh, right there. Yeah, I see. Okay.
1: Yeah. So you know, I just got that. I just got this in today, and you know, and then uh, I'm gonna have my own custom knife pretty soon from TS Blades. They only make training knives, and, but they're gonna make my the first, you know, kung lee blade. So you know, you know, things are. I'm trying to. That's cool. I I, I just joined forces with bat tactical which is bay area tactical they got the facebook account they're going to be training all their uh campus police and, and so and then they they got a bunch of other um accounts before the pandemic hit and as soon as the pandemic pandemic i just start. i recently just got certified for teaching as an nra instructor i just recently got it i assisted with four classes and then the pandemic hit so I'll, you know can't work anymore i was going to you know do some privates with the ea sports you know president you know and um uh but all this still still you know i'm still working from home and trying to make ends meet and you know get new um you know relationships and see when i'm producing these movies <clears throat> maybe i'll be like hey if there's a scene in vietnam that we can do in thailand i'll call up you know call up you and say hey i'll do uh, it. you know you know let's let's do something let's do something at your gym let's do there's all kinds of things that could happen and now we're promoting the gym and but that the only way i can do that is if i control it right you know if i it and the investors don't say come you need to do this 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 i just need a uh you know my investors just be like come here you do it i don't want to deal with anything i'll show up on set uh, i'll eat the you know the really good catered food and then i'll say hi and uh hang out and see you do some action scene, I'm um, peace out, I'm on vacation, you know, and just let me do my job, and you, I guarantee you, you're going to have a great movie, because every movie I've done, you know, has made money, so.
0: That's awesome, yeah, and uh, I think the film industry still shut down in Los Angeles, but they just, shockingly, I saw in one of the, the mandates that they just sent out here in Thailand, that they opened it back up here in Thailand, I don't think there's yeah. any significant movies being made here, but, um, as far as, for the Western world, but Um, they just opened that back up. So everything's starting to open up here. It looks like the gym's going to be open in a month from now or less than a month from now, maybe even a few weeks. So they're starting to open things up, but Hollywood's pretty shut down. Um, Do you think, so I I assume you probably saw at least uh, the highlights, if not the whole event of UFC 249 and uh, some of these, uh, these events this past week with the UFC. Do you think having events like this is the way to go right now? I mean, do you think these these other shows should start just putting on events with no audience and, and keeping it going? Uh, or do you think that's a bad move right now and everyone should just lay low and wait until this is over?
1: Well, you know what? Um, <clears throat> if they're able to get it approved in whatever state, whatever country, and they can afford not to have a gate and make enough money to pay the fighters and to make profit, why not? I mean, the country needs entertainment too, right? But right. you know, um, as long as the fighters are taken well taken care of, then I think it, it, I think it should be fine. You know, um, fighters got to make money too. You know. Yeah. And I hear uh, you, man. right. And uh, how are you doing with your gym? Is it like been good? Tough?
0: Yeah, you know, right now it is. It's uh, you know, it's shut down. So <laughs> it's just it's as tough as it gets you know you never expect that you know you have a worst case scenario in your head thank god i always prepare a little bit worse than the worst case scenario but yeah. i never expected this s- scenario Yeah, i never expected you know to, that my gym would not only be shut down mandated by the government but that also all flights coming in because my gym is 100 percent western and, and expat foreign uh clients and and, and guests that that they would shut down the airports and not allow people into the country so that made it like crazy different you know that made it that was a whole different level so you know yeah luckily luckily i prepared enough that it's going to be okay but it's still you know it's not good just watching your gym just sit there and and not having all the people you know training every day and hearing the stories and seeing you know most of the people that come to my gym are, are just people that want to train, have a good time and, and, and maybe lose some weight, have a good experience. They're not necessarily fighters. You know, we have a good fight team, but the majority are people that just want the experience. You know, I've, I'm creating kind of like the hard rock cafe of gyms. It's, it's not like a normal gym. It's a destination gym in a beautiful location. And what we're about to build next is going to be even, even more crazy and bigger. Um, so it's kind of like it's got that it factor, that cool factor that people just want to come and experience and and uh, enjoy enjoy what we have so i miss that i miss those stories i miss talking to the people i miss you know meeting all these different people from all different parts of the world and and watching them train and accomplish their goals whether it's losing weight whether it's having a muay thai fight for the first time or you know whatever it is that they're here to do it could be a work related like you know team building thing or so i do i do definitely miss that and i hope that comes back soon you know i'm i'm really uh Really looking forward to that. And so I've just been, to answer your question, I've just been sitting here doing podcasts and doing all the things that I can, a lot of work, you know, a lot of like office work, which is, you know, usually I get to get out there hands on with the people and, and shake some hands and train. And I'm I'm promoting yeah. the gym with marketing by going around to the islands and showing what this place has to offer and, and, and what people can do when they come here. And now it's been a lot of office work. It's been a lot of like preparations of what we're gonna do when we come back and the future and what we're gonna build and doing podcasts to keep that going and um which has really been good for building up the podcast back where I wanna build it. Um so yeah, I mean I'm 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 utilizing the time, but it is kind of uh you know, it's it's kinda of depressing as far as like the world right now that we're in this huge pandemic and it just you know it's just such a drag for everybody, and then and I'm seeing these people losing their jobs, losing their income, you know, losing their houses, and it's just like, ah, oh, it's just it's man, it's just a sad situation. I think it's gonna be the worst overall as far as financial, you know, uh, health wise. Um, just 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 the 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 worst situation of our generation. I think. I hope. I hope. It, I mean, I'm saying. I hope it's bad. I just hope it's the worst that happens. I hope there's nothing worse that happens in my lifetime than this, you know, as far as like just how, how much of an impact it's gonna have on the world.
1: Yeah. My fingers are crossed too. Um we'll see what happens, right? Live day by day and be ready for anything, right?
0: Yeah. Let me ask you real quick for this you go. Um so there's been some quick uh or some uh recent Uh, twitter battles between uh connor and anderson and obviously khabib's in the mix for this too but who do you think who do you think right now is the pound for pound greatest combat sports athlete in the world who who would you who would you put as number one
1: wow that's that's a tough one because there's so many great fighters you know yeah uh, i can't say who but um I'm, i'm just happy that the fight game is where it's at we are Outshining a lot of the big sports and we've caught up to we're in the mainstream, you know, it's like when you see There's like UFC and there's you know, even Bellator and things like that That's that's amazing news And I think that's the best for all the fight community and all the audience around the world just to know that Look at how many top tier fighters because it's not one or two guys. It's a whole list of them right so I'm excited about that and I can't point to any fingers because you know it's at the end of the day their their career's not done yet so um, yeah. until their careers then then you can say you know pound for pound who who's done something you know great there's so many great fighters you know um, you know whether you win or you lose everyone wins and loses you know it's it's part of the fight game so you know, I, you know you, We'll see. Just enjoy the sport. For me, um, to watch it, to fight for the athletes and the fighters, and then uh, fight for what's right and whatever I can get my, you know, hands on or whatever God wants me to do, then I would do. And and in the meantime, I, I'm blessed every day that I get a chance to wake up and I see a roof over my head and my son, uh, you know, gets up in the morning and he's doing his, you know, online courses and um, you know, I have a great. Uh, beautiful, wonderful uh, girlfriend, and uh, you know, and life has been, you know, great because I get to wake up to another day. A lot of people don't get to wake up, or a lot of people wake up and they have to hop into their wheelchair and they are yeah. have their limbs, or they, you know, they wake up and they only have one hand, or or both are gone. You know, so I just got to be like, I'm grateful for every moment, every day, and I'm I'm still able to. You know, I got a lot of aches and pains. I'm sure you do too, for all okay. the years of you know the, yeah, you know. But um, just like you had five elbow surgeries, I got three on this side, two on this side. You know, um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I hope we don't beat each other, and, and I got six now. You know, I hope we can stay there. You know, yeah, So yeah. um, it's just I think I just got to be gracious and 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 um, and live every day and make some make something happen, um, for the world. You know, yeah, so that's
0: you, you. You you need to be wearing a cape, man. You're, you're fighting for so many different things. You, you need like a like a outfit and like a cape. You're like a superhero <laughs> over there fighting for, fighting for everything, dude. <laughs>
1: it's awesome. I'm, just, I'm I'm happy. I'm making a difference, and you know, I think uh, in the end, you know, like you know, like uh, just the other day, like someone's like, oh, you belong in the hall of fame. I'm like, you know what? I'll wait till God, I want to be in God's hall of fame. Yeah, you know, I think. That's the one that counts. So, Well,
0: good for that's, you, man. It's been, it's been a long road, man. 1975, you know, being evacuated from a helicopter, coming to America, building yourself up, uh, creating what you have with your success and, and being one of the top fighters in the world. And, and now you're doing film and, and, and doing all these other things with – it's, it's – man – congratulations and I think you've had a, you. a great life and a great career I think you're setting a good example for for many people and you're helping out a lot of people so I want to thank you for taking the time for coming on my podcast I appreciate it. I've been wanting you to come on for a long time and uh, finally got you on I took a big break but I finally got you on and uh, I appreciate your time
1: that was also a great interview uh, you you're not scared at all to throw them questions out there and uh, I kind of you know I had a feeling like oh I wonder what he's gonna come with and you have some great you know questions about well what about this in the UFC what about that in the UFC what about people who really just are grateful just for the opportunity but then he gave me a chance to shed light you know yeah. and, uh, I you. look at it's all a- perspectives
0: man I, I cover everything because like you know I'm a fighter you know so as a fighter I want to make money you know like every other fighter I want to make the most amount of money I, is in business the same thing I want to make the most amount of money in business um, I think yeah. when I got into business it opened my eyes to the perspective of like businesses fi- fighting when you're a fighter and you're coming up, you start realizing that people aren't as good or or, or, or don't have as, as many good qualities as you think. Um, you start you start meeting these people that are like using you and abusing you and and manipulating you and taking from you. And so you start you start realizing the world's not as is coming from a small town, Texas you know, ranch, you know, you start realizing that the world's not made up of all these great people sometimes. And then when you get into business, it's even worse. It's like, then my eyes open up even more. So, you know, from the business standpoint, I have to understand the contract thing where, you know, you sign a contract, you're stuck to it, and it's a business. The business is designed to make money. Um, it's not designed to make all the employees famous, and so they make money. But then, I'm a fighter. So from the fighter standpoint, I want to make money and I, and I worked hard and I knocked out people. And I, so so I just, I just try to cover all bases, you know what I mean? And like, you know, I'm not a controversial guy, but I I like to cover all bases and just touch on everything. And, and so, yeah, I like to ask the questions and, and just get, get the information. I think that's what we did. You know, we, we got a lot of information out and, uh, you know, I think it was a great conversation, and it was. I learned a lot about you, man, and, I, and I've known you for a long time, and I, I trained with you for for quite a while. So it was good to to sit down and have this conversation and and talk, man. I really enjoyed it.
1: Well, I'm, I hope next time we talk in we uh, I'll be on the beach of Thailand, and you know, sweating yes. and uh, you know, dreading the next uh, Thai session, rapid fire kicks that your trainers you know make me do. So yes, when forward- are you come, when are you,
0: when are you going to come, to AK Thailand, man, and check out the gym.
1: Oh, you know, as soon, soon as uh, this thing opens up and, and I, I plan to either, you know, have my movies in tropical places so I can enjoy yeah. the tropical, <laughs> you know, uh, environment. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: There's a there's uh, a lot of stuff being filmed in Phuket. I mean, Phuket is becoming yeah. like a pretty pretty big hotbed for like Hollywood. I mean, they did yeah. a recent movie with Macaulay Culkin here on, on Pee Pee Island. They've done a lot of obviously the, the hangover stuff, part three or whatever it is. The beach was the original that was the original one from pp island and, and Phuket um but there's a lot of film fil- the fast and the furious was just filmed here uh the latest nine or whatever it is it was just filmed here and off the right, right from off of Phuket um so yeah i mean it's it's a hotbed so I'm sure you're gonna be here doing work eventually and and then you got I'm the sure. best you got the, you got the best gym in the world to train at when you come in man I'm telling you
1: wait I can't wait and then uh yeah I'll, I'll be plugging in the gym and uh, just let me know. What, what you need. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we, have been, uh, been, in some great, uh, gym battles and I'm um, always yeah. willing to support my, uh, my, uh, my, uh, my martial arts brother.
0: Yeah, and same back to you, man. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: All right, man. You have a great one.
0: All right. There you have it. Kung Lee. Um, yeah, I think he appreciated having this kind of conversation and, th- and this is what we're about. You know, I like having conversations. I do this out of passion. Um, I do this out of interest. You know, this isn't a business for me as it is just uh, something I enjoy. And like I told you, we're going to keep knocking these out. I'm going I'm to keep doing these. We've streamlined our workflow for how we do this. Um, so we're able to get three episodes out a week, two to three episodes out a week. Um, I got a lot of people lined up, um, some very good guests coming up here in the future. Um, and it's conversation based. You know, I like to just have great conversation and, and get to know who my guest is. And, you know, I like to know, you know, it's interesting for me. So I assume you as fans of these guests want to know how they are and, and, and who they really are. So I think we, we covered that and we covered all of our bases with Kong and, and got to really, you know, there's a lot of things I didn't know and I've trained with him and known him for many years. So um, hope you enjoyed it. I hope you took something from it. If you're on YouTube, please leave a comment, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Uh, If you're on Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, Spotify, iTunes, leave us a review and subscribe there as well. Um, And thank you for for watching and for uh, listening.